can your love survive a startup? It's an important question, especially for me as someone who is an entrepreneur and is married to an entrepreneur and who works almost exclusively with entrepreneurs. The conversation is very alive around how to balance the kind of deep soul level creative drive that goes into creating and running a business and the deep soul level creative drive that goes into having a fantastic relationship. Is there enough to go around? So that is the topic that I'm tackling today in this podcast. If you've been listening for a while, you've probably heard me talk about it before. We've covered relationships quite a lot because they are so difficult to do well and so amazing when they are going well. One thing to note, I do um, host couples retreats a couple times a year. So if that is something that is interesting to you, definitely reach out and I'll put you on the list. We kind of like schedule a retreat after we have four or five couples that are interested. So if you are interested, raise a hand and we'll try to find a time and location that works for you and your partner. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Wondering if your relationship can survive the startup roller coaster? Are the long hours and divided attention getting in the way of romance? I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist who focuses on the mental health of entrepreneurs, and I have a lot of experience helping entrepreneurs, myself and husband included thinking about how to be really present in their romantic relationships so that our key relationships don't suffer in the pursuit of our business. So I'm going to share some ideas and strategies to help you business-proof your family, business-proof your love life. You don't have to sacrifice one for the other. I'm often asked how I got into this work, why I have chosen to focus my psychology degree and training on supporting entrepreneurs. And the answer is that it's really all my husband's fault. Uh, my husband, Rob, became an entrepreneur a few years into our 25-year relationship. And he um, really, really loves being an entrepreneur, but it felt like this notable shift in our relationship. I watched him come alive because he was churning on ideas and just thinking through businesses that he wanted to build and how he wanted to build them and then eventually who he wanted to hire and how he wanted to fund them and who he, you know, just his, his mind and heart felt super alive. And I loved seeing that. And at times it also felt very far away from me, very distracted. And so I wanted to be able to help people preserve the aliveness and excitement that goes along with entrepreneurship without it being so expensive or costly to their significant other, to their family in general. So I come to this topic of can your love survive a startup with deep personal experience and a really significant enthusiasm to help people do this well, because I think it's hard. Entrepreneurship is its own journey. It's 
I think, pretty different than being a nine-to-fiver. Uh, if you followed my work for any amount of time, you have heard me talk about a study that looked at the neurological functioning of entrepreneurs when they were asked to think about their business. And what happens in the brain of an entrepreneur when they're thinking about their business, like looking at a picture of the logo or something like that, is very similar to what happens to parents who are thinking about children. There's this for lack of a better word, love, this uncritical love that almost fails to recognize the business as a separate entity from the self. And there's also, neurologically speaking, a suspension of critical assessment. Someone who is an entrepreneur, when they're thinking about their company, they, they love it like they love their baby. Like they, We all believe we have the prettiest babies, of course, but there's a subjectiveness to that that um, really filters the way that we see. Not that different with a business. I know you probably spend a lot of time assessing and reassessing your business, but there is also this sense of just blissful union where our business feels like an extension of ourselves. And that is not the same psychological, neurological, emotional phenomenon that happens for people who go work in an office that is someone else's business. People can love their work and be very successful in their professional vocation, but just not quite have that same sense of union that happens for an entrepreneur. And it really is because our businesses are an extension of ourselves. So that's great, mostly, you know, I think it's great because it means that we are building something that matters to us, like matters at the cellular level. But the downside of that is it's difficult to separate from it. It's difficult to really have a sense of self in separation from the business. And the reason that that is tricky for our romantic relationships is because I, I often describe it to people as it the business can feel quite a lot like a mistress, this other entity that someone loves and is connected to and is thinking about and dreaming about and angry at and just having a lot of feelings and thoughts that are at a pretty deep level. And then your other, your romantic, your primary romantic partner is like, you're thinking about her again, aren't you? <laughs> but of course, in this case, it's not a her, it's, it's the business. And so that sense of like, kind of pervasive distraction or distraction, not just like thinking, but like thinking and feeling this sort of full self, full body distraction that happens for entrepreneurs is quite unique and is quite challenging for your primary partner. So what to do about this? The first thing that I think is really important is no matter where you are in your entrepreneurial journey, really understanding that your significant other, your spouse, your partner, whatever word you use, is your first investor. And the investment that they are making in you and in your dream is not just financial. It's not just time. It's emotional. It's emotional labor. It's emotional permission. It's emotional space that says, I am in support and celebration of your work. And I'm recognize that that means giving you quite a lot of emotional bandwidth to ride this roller coaster of starting and growing, exiting this business. So it's really important to have really open conversations about that, you know, to 
onboard your significant other appropriately so that they have full knowledge, full informed consent, as much as possible, eyes wide open about what this journey is asking of them. It's easy to minimize the requests or it's easy to not fully recognize all that's being asked. And that's like point number one that I want you to hear from this conversation is like, it's a bigger ask than anybody thinks it's going to be, not just in the time and money, but really in the heart and the mind preoccupation with what's happening with the business. And so let your partner know, you know, it's a a little bit of like a consent to be in an open relationship, but the other love is a business, not a person. I mean, if it's a person, that's a different conversation. But in this conversation, it's a business. And let them ask and talk about what they need from you to feel secure and stable and connected in the romantic relationship, given that your mind and heart also has some allegiance and distraction and uh, connection to this other entity. Open conversation, appropriate onboarding is sort of the first recommendation. The second thing that's extraordinarily important in helping your love survive the startup roller coaster is getting really good at directing your attention. One of the most painful things in a relationship is a sense of being alone together, right? A sense of sitting with someone at a dinner table and you're talking, but you can tell the other person is not really listening. They're thinking about something else. Maybe they're looking at you and nodding, or worst case, they're just on their phone while you're trying to talk. But That sense of being alone together is really um, a heart killer and it makes us feel lonely and unseen and unheard and uncared for. Basically the whole suite of emotions that just breaks a relationship over time. So if you are the entrepreneur, you got to be really sure that you are not doing that that you are practicing presence, that you are loving with your presence. I mean, I think presence is our greatest gift in love these days when we have such significant distraction coming at us from every which way. If we can be fully present, fully attentive, the quality of that connection more so than the quantity, is what is going to prevent our partner from feeling unseen, unheard, uncared about, and prevent them from feeling lonely in the midst of our company. I appreciate that that can be difficult when the servers are down or your your new hire is not working out, when there's some just big problem churning in the back of your brain that feels like it's taking up a lot of bandwidth. And that's where it really is a practice of your own self-discipline of redirecting your attention. Sometimes that is a ritual, right? You're, you put on the uniform of your business and then you take off the uniform of your business and put on the uniform of being in relationship or being in your family. Sometimes that's having two phones. So you have a business phone and you have a personal phone. So when you are out to dinner, you're not You don't have your business phone with you. You just are in the other part of your life. It's also about having discipline around when you're working and when you're not. And I know that that's very hard, especially in the early days of a startup when you kind of live, breathe the hustle porn that you feel like you have to be working harder, longer than everyone else. 
better than your competitor so you can get ahead. Whatever story it is that you're telling yourself, it's probably not true to be honest, but there has to be some discipline around when work stops and when love begins so that you are truly available to your partner. So first point, onboarding well. Second point, love with your presence. Third point, I guess is sort of related to this onboarding question, but it's having a very active and open conversation with your partner about how involved they want to be in their business. Do they want all of the updates? Do they want the ins and outs of the roller coaster? Does that help them feel close to you? Or does it overwhelm them with problems and worries that they can't do anything about? That may be changing over time, right? It's probably not a one and done conversation. It's a constant like, hey, how involved do you want to be in this? Can I talk to you about this? Can you weigh in on this? Or are you in a place where your life and mind are full, whether with your own work or raising kids or like whatever it is that they're doing, that they don't have the bandwidth to hold your business ups and downs to? In that case, that's a very, very good time to hire a coach, hire a therapist, reach out to me and my team. Like, have someone else who's along the journey with you and cares about the depth of the emotional complexity that you might be experiencing in your business, but is not your partner if they don't want to be that role in your life. We can't assume that our partners want to be part of our advisory council in our businesses. They may want to, and they may not want to. And that should be an open conversation. So you're not pulling from them advice and investment and emotional reserves that they don't want to give or don't feel that they have to give. And that's where I think you as an entrepreneur can run some danger in feeling alone in the relationship if they're not super interested in the details and ups and downs of your business. That can hurt. It can feel like they don't love your love. And like I said, in that case, I think it's a really great place for you to have a mastermind, a coach, someone else who is around the journey so that you can be really discerning in what parts of you, your involvement in your business, your life, your work, you really want them to know about and to participate in with you. And you can be specific and strategic about what you ask for instead of, coming home and kind of dumping the whole day and the whole weight of the world and the whole goings on of all of the business. Again, if they, they're not up for that, they don't want to hear it. They can't hold it well with you. The next suggestion about how to business-proof your love life is to have a very active life with your partner. Have hobbies together have things that you do that are completely separate from your business that are just the shared world between the two of you. The two of you are creating a relationship and that relationship is its own unit. It's its own world. And you want to fuel that world with as many amazing experiences, time spent together, giggles. You know, this is where you are part of a bowling league or you take dance classes together or, you know, you're on the same volleyball team. You work in a church together. You serve in a church together. Things that are the glue between you that have nothing to do with your business, have nothing to do with their work, their business, their sort of structure grown-up activities, but are just the joyful exchange of play and of shared purpose that exists between the two of you that have nothing to do with the business. And I cannot count, I mean, it's just an infinite number of entrepreneurs who have told me I don't have time for that. And, um, you know, depending on my mood, I get a little sassy about that sort of uh, 
excuse, spending the time to be part of a dance class together is a, a far simpler and easier investment of your time than it's going to be when you have to go through divorce attorneys and mediation. And, you know, it's just so short-sighted to say that you don't have time for that. I, you know, I just, that's not real. It's not real. You don't have time to not be with your partner. If the thing that you're doing in your business is so important to you, if it is really the world-changing, life-changing fullness of who you are and what you're meant to do in the world, then you need to fuel that with you feeling well-loved and well-connected. That is the primary investment that you make because it's from that place of healthy, deep connection and support with your partner that all of the best work comes. And that's not debate, like that's not compromisable. You can't go weeks and weeks without really connecting with your partner, without being really intimate, without making love, having sex, seeing them, letting them see you. That is the fuel for all the rest of it. So the bigger your dream, the more in on it you are, the more you need that really connected, deep, flourishing interaction and relationship with your partner. Don't you dare shortchange that. That will just bring down the whole castle. You can tell I have some opinions about this. <laughs> the last uh, thing that I want to say that I think is um, really essential in being healthy in your entrepreneurial journey and in your love life is don't forget to invest in the dreams of your partner. I think that entrepreneurship is such a soul-fueled, your drive to do something amazing in the world that it can run the risk of being very selfish. And, you know, I don't, I don't actually like that word selfish very much um, because I, I think we should be very proud and protective of lots of parts of ourselves and not feel shamed about that. So go after your business. Do it with your best work, your best soul, your best energy. Like, do it for real. But do not forget to see, to hear, and to fuel the dreams of the people that you love. Make sure you've got some sort of magic potion left over for your partner so that you can see who they are becoming and what lights them up and what they want to do in the world. And you can be the cheerleader and supporter of that as well. Not just somebody who is so focused on the thing that you're doing that you take all of the cheerleading and support and love and acceptance that's offered and you don't reciprocate that. So I think that's, again, just this danger of the drive of entrepreneurship, the vision that you have that you're creating can be so all-consuming that you just forget that other people, the one person that you love the most in the world, may want to also have some of those experiences and to have you show up in the same way that you want them to show up for you. People often say, or make comments about how difficult entrepreneurship is. And it is. But I think it's it's not difficult in the ways that people think it's going to be. I think it's difficult in these ways. In the like having enough expanse of your own heart and soul and energy to be able to really fuel your business. 
and also fuel your love, fuel your relationship. It takes a lot. Um, It takes maybe all of you sometimes. And again, it's not so much about hours in the day or time logged. It's about your deep presence. It's about where your heart is, where your mind is, where your best energy is. My deep conviction is that the more you fuel your primary love relationship, the more that's connected and in a good spot, the more that there's intimacy and joy and shared experiences between you, that is just going to amplify the amount of energy that you have to give to your business and all the other parts of your life. So that relationship should be generative, um, something that just creates more abundance for you, more energy for you. So keep it healthy. Do the work. Go on the couple's retreat. Do the marriage therapy. Do all of the things that keep that in place and do not let it slide. Do not let it become sort of collateral damage to the pursuit of your business. If you'd like more insights about relationships and entrepreneurship, I've done a lot of content over this topic over the years. So there's several podcasts related to romance and romantic relationships um, at the zenfounder.com site. Uh, You can also follow along with my team or sign up for our newsletter. We usually do a couple's retreat for entrepreneurs and their significant others at least once a year and also have some other content and resources for you and your significant other if you need. So Hit us up. We'll see what we can do to serve and support you in the pursuit of having an extraordinary business and an extraordinary life. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.